Hello and welcome to the EMG Gold podcast. I'm your host, Spencer Gore, CEO here at EMG Health, and I'm very excited to be joined today by professional football manager and former player, Nigel Adkins. How are you today, Nigel? Very good, uh, Spencer. Thank you. Uh, Trust you're all right? I'm very well. Thank you. Very well indeed. So um, just to give all of our listeners a quick introduction to your career, um, Nigel was most recently the manager of championship side Hull City. Um, and he's well known for his ability to helping clubs or for helping clubs to reach uh, promotion, having been at the helm of both Scunthorpe and Southampton as they secured victories. His tenure with the Saints was particularly special. He oversaw the team as they rose a staggering 51 places in successive seasons, raising from uh, League One uh, through the Championship to 15th in the Premier League. Uh, alongside his dedicated career as a player and a manager, he's also found time to qualify as a physiotherapist. Uh, I'm excited to have him on the show today to discuss his career, his mindset, and um, what it takes to be an effective leader under pressure. So again, welcome, welcome, Nigel. Thank you. Thank you for uh, inviting me onto the show. I'm, I'm looking forward to the conversation. No problem. So, so I, I mentioned there in the introduction that you, you, as well as football manager and player, you, you, you qualified as a physiotherapist. So what inspired you to pursue um, an honours degree in physiotherapy during your, your footballing career? Yeah, it's an interesting one because obviously it wasn't planned at the time. I started, started as a schoolboy at Liverpool. I made my debut for Tramier Rovers as a 17-year-old. Um, and then I got transferred to Wigan Athletic. The manager went to Wigan Athletic. And I got transferred for £3,000. At the age of 23, Hmm. uh, I've been married for a couple of years. All of a sudden, I'm placed in a situation where I'm lying in a hospital bed. I've just had spinal fusion. I'd had a couple of injuries before that, breaking my cheekbone and my wrists while I'd been playing. And I'm lying there thinking, what am I going to go and do? No one's going to touch me. I'd I'd had a a good early start to my career, if you like. I I was doing okay. But I'm thinking nobody's going to touch me at the top level with a bad back. No one's going to touch a goalkeeper with a bad back. And then silly yeah. things go through your mind where I'm lying in hospital bed. I'm just thinking, will I walk again? You know, stupid things go through your mind. And I was in there for two weeks and it was uh, excruciating pain. So anybody, all the, the ladies who have gone into labour there, I can only half imagine what you're going through. <laughs> I'm lying in a hospital bed thinking, what am I going to go and do? Um after playing football, you know? Yeah. So I'm there. Yeah. I thought, right, I actually was running a Sunday league team as well. So at right. 19, I took over as manager of Rembad Rovers in the Bennett Sunday league. And uh, as long as, as well as playing for professionally for Tramie Rovers and, and Wigan Athletic, I'm thinking, right, career after playing football, what's my transition going to go and be? I can get the players fit. So let's go and learn about as many things as I can about being fit. I can coach them. So go and get all my coaching qualifications. And if they get injured, then I can treat them. Because eventually, you know, I've got to a stage where I've got out of my hospital bed and the physio had actually left and um, and moved to Everton. So through the, the, the consultants, I basically rehabbed myself and got myself back. So it took me three months before I got myself where I could touch my toes, for example. So I, sh- I, I developed a good interest in rehabilitation, if you like. I'd yeah. already, through having broken my cheekbone, done a, the FA Treatment of Injuries course. And the following, so I got myself back fit and I got back playing again. And the following year, an opportunity arose to do a honours degree in physiotherapy at Salford University. And two years into it, my, my wife was taken seriously, seriously ill when our second child was born. 
So right. the, the amount of um, work placements you've got to do in a hospital as well was always going to be a challenge. And for me, it was so important that I completed my degree in physiotherapy because that would give us a job to look after my family after that. So, so you've talked a lot about about there, you know, as your career as a player came to, towards an end, and then you start looking at the other side of things, and you're talking about the, the mental health side of sport. How how important do you think it is to have these new challenges and to set these goals, particularly as you come into an end of your career? We we you know, we've spoken before uh, about the work that your son's doing now in terms of you know, working with these these elite sports people when they come towards the end of their careers. How important it is, do you think, to have those challenges and goals to, to help with the mental health side of things? I think it's not just in football, but I think it's in life in general. Obviously, we've got a health is wealth, as they say. I think that's one of the biggest things yeah. that we, we, we appreciate even more so now. It's taken for granted. As I said, maybe for me at 23, my passion, my drive had always been, I want to be the best. You know, I started at Liverpool. You know, I, I was, I'd done well as a youngster and thinking, I could have stayed at Liverpool, but I've gone to Tramie to, to be playing men's football and not youth team football. And your health, you cannot take for granted. And uh, it's there one minute, it's gone the next, and it's very short-lived. So we've got to appreciate how much we can do for that. And then maybe just young players now, I've got we've got a passion about how can we help young players transition out of football. Young people, obviously, like now we like it in life. You have a job one minute, you haven't got a job the next minute, what are you going to go and do? Now, I've been unfortunate yeah. where I've lost my job a couple of times. One was the manager of Southampton. Um, very, very quickly, I moved to Reading in the Premier League. But then I was uh, I yeah. lost my job at Reading. Uh, I was very unhappy about that. And So I've had a period of time out of work, great opportunity to reflect, but then you've got to get your routine going again. So you have to find yeah. that purpose. Why do you get out of bed in the morning and go to work is a great question I ask the players when I do one-on-ones with them when we first join. It tells you a bit more about the yeah. the individual because it is about building relationships. It is about trying to help somebody navigate through. You, know, you touched on my, my sons there about mentorship uh, and fitness. So Strive 25 with Nick's got a great mentorship program. And Phil at um, Muscle Muscle, just the, the fitness program, they've got to help people find that purpose, have their routine uh, and move on. It's it's great to hear that, and, and it, you know this is why I love doing these podcasts. There's, there's these common themes that go throughout. Whether you're in, whether you're a sportsman, a musician, or a business person, you know, we one of the things we work on all the time with our team is is what's your why? We do it every Monday. We we do it in the interviews before they start work. Yeah, you know, what is your purpose? As you were saying there, what what's what makes it? What's one of the questions I ask in an interview is, if you won the lottery um, tonight and you win 30 million pounds but it's topped up every night so you've gone and done your world tour you've given money to charity and to your family you bought your new house your new car it keeps getting topped up so you don't have to worry about money anymore what's the one thing that's going to make you get out of bed so that yeah we can start helping you to achieve that and once you've got that purpose and that vision it's a lot easier to put goals behind that. And once you've got that go, those goals, you can start seeing where, where, where you're achieving and you know what what the, the successes you've got there. And it just makes it so much easier, I think. So it's Spencer great to hear. Much, Spencer, very much so. Health is wealth. You know, yeah. I, I've I said to I've sat down with players and the, and a couple members of staff, young members of staff, and they're all, all they talk about is money. I'm going, yeah. forget the money. It's not yeah. life's not about money. Yeah, you you, yeah. you need a little bit, but it's. Be passionate about something, care yeah. for people. You've got to be accountable for people and then find your purpose. You know, we have yeah. 10,080 yeah. minutes in a week to maximize. Yeah. What are we going to do with it? And we spend a third of our life in bed because sleep is so important. We've got to recover. 
So educating ourselves on that so that we can maximise the other two thirds of the, of the day that we are moving about or doing things. It's so, it's so, so important. The education to help each other. Why are we doing something? What's our purpose? What are we going to go and do? You know, I, I used to have on, on, on my desk, above my desk in work. Why? Yeah. So we're doing a training session. Why are we doing that? What's the purpose of that? What relevance has that got us to win a game on Saturday? What's the relevance yeah. of that to extract every ounce of potential of a player, whether he's a very young player or a senior or middle 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 of the road player or a senior player? I have all my members of staff and I sit them down and I've gone, listen, I've been on. So I'll tell the story when I went to Southampton. Uh, I've gone and joined all of a sudden. I've got all these members of staff and I've sat there and I've gone, right, I've got, I've got two doctors, three physios, three masseurs, goalkeeping coaches, sports scientists, coaches, goalkeeping coach, an array of people. I've sat there and gone, listen, to the physio, I've done your job, so I've got empathy. S&C, I've done your job, I've got empathy. Coaches, I've done your job, I've got empathy. But you know what? I've gone all these courses. So we've gone the physio courses. They slag off the S&Cs and the coaches. Go on the strength and yeah. conditioning courses. They slag off the physios and the coaches. Coaching courses, they slag off the, the physios and the S&Cs. I said, yeah. so I've got empathy in where you are, and you, everyone thinks you're important. Coaches, you think, oh, I've worked with other managers, and all they do is just... Just put the you know balls, bibs, and cones if you like. Just give the ball, the, the bibs out yeah. to a squad of players. I'm going home. So I'm in the big boys chair. I have to win on a Saturday. So if we don't win on yeah. a Saturday, then I'm not in this big. I'm, I lose my job, right? And we don't win games. Our vision is to go in. There's our goal. For example, at Southampton, the vision was to get to the Premier League. To do that, we need to win yeah. games. So you break it down to your process goals. So I'm going right. I've got. We've got 90. I want the players to train every single day. So we've got 90 minutes, if you like, on the grass. But if we don't speak to each other, i.e. the physios and the S&Cs and the coaches, and we don't put a programme together, we ain't going to extract every ounce of attention from the players. We ain't going to make sure that they are on the pitch training, playing. There's nothing worse than having a player injured sat in the stand when that could have been avoided. So communication and collaboration was massive. And we would sit for hours upon hours upon hours in a room devising on-field training session that encompassed the technical, the tactical and the physical elements of it. Uh, and I, we, we'd have big meetings in the morning and we'd, we'd assess the, the um, where the players are before they even come to train. We'd have absolute go out and, and messages. And my intention, for example, would be to this in this training session. I'd have the information for the physio. Well, if you go and do that, this player and this player are running the risk of breaking down with injury. The essence here, we go, well, I want to do this in this training session. And if we do that, we'll have so many players injured and they ain't going to perform with what we want. So trying to collaborate and bring it all together, having uh, an environment where I would allow players, uh, the coaching staff, if you like, to talk, I would challenge them. I think it's so important to challenge and be challenged and not take it personally, to check and challenge, have that honest conversation, I think is so important. Ultimately, I, I, you know, I'm as, as if you like the man in charge. I make the final decision. However, you surround yourself with good people who are experts, and you listen to them. And at, this, at any one moment in time, everybody's the leader, and you allow them. So yeah. the, the physiotherapist, if he's the expert in this field, at this one moment in time, he leads on that. But it's then how can yeah. we marry everybody together? I think that's an important message, not just in sport. I think that's in life. 
we're a team. Together, everyone achieves more. How can we all come together, feel valued? I think that's an important message in life as well. We We all should feel valued in what you're doing. And again, come back to what we were saying before, why am I getting out of bed and coming to work? Yeah. Well, that's that's what I was just going to say there. You know, when when you do get that sort of perfect storm of everyone, you know, all, all, all on the same page at the same time, that that's when you have your your great moments. So you've you've talked a little bit there about um, you know you started off at Liverpool. Now, obviously, they've got tremendous success at the moment, just winning the Premier League after thirty years. You you talked about when you're at Southampton, getting into the Premiership after successive promotions. What what would you say has been the highlight of of, of your career so far? Oh, Spencer, what a good question that is. Um, the highlight. I added so far because there's obviously more to come. Oh, there's <laughs> definitely more to come. I'm um, I'm really excited. I've, I've yeah, I'm I'm ready to rock and roll. Um, what what's the things? If you break it down, I suppose you know you, you make a debut at 17, which is great. I've recovered from injury, so resilience. We all need resi- resilience in our in our lives, don't we? So having that as a player. To bounce back from injuries, I broke my both fingers, scaphoid and my wrist. Both my cheekbones are broken. I've tore the patella tendon in my knee, need an operation, obviously spinal fusion. So I've had a fair few injuries and to be able to pick yourself up and go again is important. Winning yeah. Bangor City, win the league title for the first time in in, in um, the League of Wales. To go and manage in the European yeah. Cup at 28 years of age. To play a manager. Yeah. You know, we, had, we won back-to-back... Um, League of Wales, and I got to be the League of Wales manager. You go to Scunthorpe, um, and after ten years as a as a physio, five hundred and fifty seven games, I've then started the managerial route. I've had five hundred and thirty five games or fifty three games, I can't remember somewhere like that. Um, as a manager, I started at Scunthorpe United. Yeah. We won the league. We, we won League One yeah. for Scunthorpe United to to win the league for the first time in forty nine years, and then go to the championship. Yeah. We learned many lessons, growth mindset and different things. It was so challenging. We got relegated. But that leadership point of view, let's get promoted and make sure we stay up in the championship. So the, we won League One. We got to the championship. We got relegated on 48 points in the previous five or six years. That would have kept us up. Make some bold yeah. statements. We get promoted the following year. We actually got to the, the cup final as well, Johnson's Pen Cup final. And then that following year, we stayed up in the championship. That is yeah. as big as any promotion you're going to go and get. For Scunthorpe United, yeah. on the budget and resources we had to stay up was phenomenal. Um, I ended up yeah. going to Southampton. So, again, achievements were 23rd in League One when we take over. We get back-to-back promotions. We move up 51 places. We end up 15th in the Premier League. It was unbelievable what we've gone and done. And for I'm still, you, know, you have an idea, but... There's a change. Life's not fair at times, yeah. but you get on with it. Within a month, you go to you go to Reading in the Premier League. I thought we did an unbelievable situation there because of things that go on behind the scenes that you all talk about. Um, yeah, that, that that impacts on things, and obviously, um, again, culture is a big thing. Environment, managing up stakeholders, manage the management of everything is is a great. Wonderful thing. But if you're going to pin me down to something, obviously, great achievement. Taking Southampton to the Premier League is an unbelievable. Yeah. That's, that's everyone. You talk about a vision and a dream and how you join yeah. a football club and get everybody to come together. 
I told the story the first week when I went to Southampton. We had a big staff meeting. There must have been all, all full-time members of whoever worked at a football club. So there was a lot of people in the stadium, in the room. And uh, the owner yeah. just out of, he said, oh, can you just stand up and say a few words to everybody? So I wasn't expecting that. So I had to quick think, clean. We talk about learning all the time yeah. and being learning, you're always reading. So quickly, I just told the story of, you would have all heard it, I'm sure, of JF, uh, JFK, John F. Kennedy, when he was walking around NASA yeah. um, and the plan to put somebody on the moon and he's walking around, he sees the astronauts and the scientists and then he sees the janitor and he says, you know, and what's your role? And it was Mr. President, I'm helping to put a man on the moon. And Matt, yeah. members of staff who come up to me afterwards and appreciated that is because they knew that I knew, having maybe done all the different roles I'd done before, how important everybody is. Now, if we have a vision and everyone can buy into that vision and feel valued and, and they're accountable and a part of it, I think it's a it's a marvellous thing. And again, when you see the, the achievement we had at Southampton, that was very, very special and will always stay with us. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that story. That's actually, you know, one of our values is proud, and we use that story as the the sort of the demonstration of what proud is. You know, you can be, as you say, you can be the janitor, but you're still helping to put a man on the moon because you're so proud of the job you do. So I love that story. Yeah. Um, so, so, so you know, mo- moving on to to sort of, I'll, I'll merge COVID into this question as well. But you know, you, you've always had a, a a strong daily routine, and I've been watching some of your videos on on Twitter of the morning. Um, you know, tell us about um, you know how useful you're finding it, particularly during COVID, to have that routine, and what sort of impact that's having on um, your mental health as a, an individual having a routine rather than just sort of drifting along. Yeah, it's it's quite interesting the way it's it's developed. Actually, obviously, the unfortunate side of, of COVID and the lockdown. Obviously, I've touched on maybe that I'd lost um, my job a couple of times, having worked all my life, and all of a sudden it's a. Uh, what am I going to do? You know, I've spoke to many people that are just lying in bed all day. No, you've got to get up and have a routine. So that morning routine is very, very important. So the simple thing of just getting up, shower, shave, brush your teeth, make your bed, a simple task like that sets you up for the day. Exercise, as yeah. we all know, is so important. So going out, I would always go out first thing in the morning and do my exercise. So again, health as wealth, what I always talk about, it's doing that bit of exercise. So before you know it, very quickly in the morning, you've achieved so many good things that you need to go and do. Um, And so when COVID came about, I was just, came by chance really. I just did one or two little things. I was doing walking with Nigel as well, where my plan was to go out walking and just um, tell some stories as I was going walking. But it developed into like breakfast with Nigel um, because again, nutrition is so important. Now you've got to get. I've, I've experimented a bit with myself as well. Good nutrition, you feel good. Poor nutrition, you feel bad. What is good nutrition? How can you develop the decision making for the brain? That's what I'm looking at now with, with food's point of view. And obviously, from a fitness point of view, nutrition is vital. Sleep is vital. So I've started the, if you like, breakfast with night and it's get up and it's routines, attitudes, behaviours. I just started, it. and then the response was getting you talk about from social media was you don't realise how much this is helping us. And for me, if it can just help one person, just one person, yeah. then the effort and time to go and do that and post it is, is, is for me, is worth it. Yeah. 
So, so you, uh, you you talked about when you went to Southampton and you you told that story about the janitor and you know, obviously at that stage a lot of people are learning what sort of a person you are. What what would you say is the most important lesson in leadership that you've learned over over the years? Oh, there's there's many lessons. Um, I, th- I think the important thing is be a good person. I think you've got to be honest with people. Um, so, for example, I use that as an example where if I'm going to uh, leave a player out of the team or he needs to improve on something, don't don't wishy-wash about it. Be honest yeah. and care about them. If a, if a player I'm using, so I'm using it as a player and a member of staff, if you can show and you can demonstrate and it's there that you care for this person and you genuinely want them to do well because life is about people, I think you that helps you then with the the player or the member of staff that you've got. So have the honest conversation um, that you're trying to help them with. I think from a, your own point of view, you've got to keep your health right, but you've got to surround yourself with good people, people with a growth mindset yeah. who are positive. That film, The Sliding Doors film, remember that one where yeah. you can all of a sudden, yeah, yeah. you can be surrounded with good people or you can be surrounded by bad people, by no fault of your own, and your life goes in a total different direction. And again, you're trying to help people, so it might be that, I have a player or a member of staff. Whilst we're together, we want to do well, but I want you to do well in your career and progress and move on. So how can we help that happen? So I use an example now of when we were at Scunthorpe, we had, um, I took over as manager. I had Andy Crosby, my sister, who was the captain, and Ian Barraclough, who had played with um, at, at Wigan Athletic. Both of them were players. I said, right, you're going to be the manager. Uh, you're going to be the assistant manager. You'll be the coach. And I'll get you qualified, but in, at this moment in time, you just got to play. And over your period of time, we'll get you qualified and we'll develop. Uh, and then you'll be in a better position to be managers when you move on. Now, Andy Crosby stayed with me yeah. as assistant through all the clubs, and he's he's going to be a great manager. Ian Barraclough, we keep in touch. I, I talked to him the other day. Um, and again, he's now the Northern Ireland manager. Fantastic. Yeah. You want good people yeah. to do well. So bringing it all the way back is surround yourself with good people, have honest conversations with them, and you can build trust then. You've got to go through a bit of adversity because that's how yeah. you grow, that's how you learn, that's how you develop. You've got to get out of your comfort zone. Try and avoid being in that terror zone, but you've got to get out of the comfort zone to push yourself. And if you've got a clearly defined vision that you're after, you're working towards something. You've got that purpose as we, as we talk about. So surround yourself yeah. with good people. Be honest, get your trust, challenge and be challenged. You don't want yes men around you. That's not going to get anywhere. However, you can't have anarchy. So again, I I revert to the the members of staff I've had. I've gone, right, you know, I'm I'm in the big boys chair if you like, but I'll give you your voice in our room and we can thrash things around, you know, and even if I believe you're right, I'll still challenge you to try and you've got to come up with why why you're right. Um, Yeah. So you're trying to educate them. But then when we go out of our meeting room, if you like, and then we go to the broader group of players or, or other members of staff, we are all singing off the same hymn sheet and you're not walking down a corridor totally going, agree. well, I would have done this or I would have done that. So from my point of view in leadership, you're giving good people an opportunity to develop, to flourish, have a voice, challenge them, you know, but they know that they can say something in all honesty because we're trying to see, achieve something together. And so always learning. I remember I always ask questions. So we played Manchester United. Sir Alex Ferguson was the manager when I was at Southampton. We played him in the FA Cup and uh, he's been really good to me. I can always ask him a question. And I said to him, right, Sir Alex, I know I want for longevity of management. I want to be 
a manager for a long time. And I know that you need to win. If you don't win, then you lose your job. So I know that. What else have we got to go and do? And he's gone, you've got to look after your health. You've got to move with the times. So what's the latest trends? Be, be aware of that. Keep moving your staff around um, in a way that they move on to better things. And get yeah. yourself a hobby outside of football so that you get that. I've studied this a lot now. You get that third space where you actually can go and do something. His was horse racing or I like walking yeah. or you go and play golf. You have that time to process things then away. And that's when you probably come up with your better decisions because your mind is processing everything um, instead of the hustle and bustle. Yeah. Um, and that, that was important. you know. So I've always asked yeah. questions of people. I think that's, I think that's a, a good thing to go and do. Well, that comes back to the personal development, and it's yeah, it's clear that that's something you love doing. And yeah, I, I really like the thing you were saying there about the uh, you 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 can have a debate about it behind the door, the office door with the, the you know, or in the office with the, the door shut. But when you, when you go out, you've got to have that that one vision. And and yeah, we we work on that a lot. And and there's a great book uh, called The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Yeah, and it talks about everything's built on trust, and you can you you have to have these conflict moments where you are challenging each other but once you go out you all sing off the same hymn sheet and I think that's so important so yeah I love that so, so look we're, we're running out of time but as, as a Liverpool fan I have to be a little bit selfish here and ask my last question uh, and I'm going to tie Liverpool into it because of that but if, if you could write a letter to yourself uh, to your 14 year old self I should say just after you've signed a, as a, a, an associate schoolboy for Liverpool what advice would, would you give yourself now? What a what a very, very good question. I suppose maybe marrying up the things we've maybe touched on now. Yeah. You've got to have a dream. You've got to dream big and you've got to follow your dream. Too many people are going to tell you you can't do something. Um, to avoid that, surround yourself, surround yourself with good, positive people. I think that's important. But you've got to have that dream. You know, you're going to reach the top of that mountain and then you've got to work out what's the process I've got to go through to get there. Um yeah. I would I would suggest maybe now now even more so maybe find a mentor or a couple of mentors that can good role models you know tag yourself yeah. onto good role models that can help you develop to where you want to go to uh, I think that's so important um, and realize that life is short it's gone in a blink of an eye so extract every yeah. ounce of potential you've got. 10,080 minutes in the day, in a week. What are you going to do with them? Utilize yeah. them. Uh, I think that's so important. And smile and f have fun and enjoy it. And don't take life at times too seriously. Having that balance is important. But that goes back to surrounding yourself with good people, people you can have a good laugh with at the right time, people you can um, who have got your back and tell you the, the serious things to help you, uh, not knock you down. And your family, you know, we're all living in a, a COVID world that um, family is so important. And uh, yeah, as a, as, a, as a young man, look after your parents. Brilliant. Thank, thank you so much for your time today. You know, I, I wonder how many 14-year-olds there are in, in, in the UK at the moment that dream of managing in the Premier League. And, and you know, you're one of the very few that have gone on to, to achieve that goal. So what a, what a fantastic and inspiring story. Um, I'm afraid that's all we've got time for today. But thank you so much for joining us today, Nigel. 
Um, it's been a pleasure having you on. To all of our listeners, I hope you've you've taken a lot away from this. Um, as I said, you know, fo- follow Nigel on Twitter. He does do his, his videos every morning, so it's great to get into that routine. And I, I look forward to speaking to the rest of you in the, in the near future on the next EMG Gold podcast. Thank you, Nigel. Pleasure. All the best, everyone.